Yes, yes. Hello, hello. You are listening to the Hot Nerd Podcast. It's your girl, China Noel. Listen, we're going to talk about the Real Housewives, unlike any other podcast you've ever heard, honey, because we're going to apply love lessons from the Real Housewives to our own lives. Particularly in this episode, we're going to address true friends, because what is the Real Housewives about? Friendship. Okay. And how many of them stay true to that friendship code? Let's break it down. We're going to talk about whether it is okay to single shame. Is it okay to single shame Giselle? Even if you don't like her, is it okay to body shame and talk about people's bodies? Is what people do to their bodies any of your goddamn business? Let's get into it. First, we're going to frame this in terms of friendship no-nos. That's going to make it really, really easy to understand this breakdown. Number freaking one when it comes to friendship no-nos. Should you play telephone with your friend's business? Boom! That's how the season started. And by the way, we can use any Real Housewives franchise, but this week we're using the Real Housewives of Potomac. I don't necessarily watch all the Real Housewives franchises. I just watch Beverly Hills um, for the most part. I mean, whatever, where I can. Um, I definitely watch Potomac because it is the hottest franchise going. And I do think we can learn from the Real Housewives of Potomac. Definitely watch um, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Although I don't know and cannot promise you that I can sit through season 14 after the disaster that was season 13. I'm going to have to keep it real with you. I did not think season 13 was watchable. I thought that the Bolo storyline was played out. It was entirely too long. And we can even connect how everybody acted in that season to this episode and how friendship is not to be abused. When you share secrets with each other, whatever happened with Bolo, is it your place to share it with the rest of the world? I don't think so. So let's get into the friendship no-no, shall we? And we're going to use definitely a lot of Real Housewives examples. So if you do not watch Real Housewives, you may have to piece things together, but it's all good. It's all good. Every lady should be watching Real Housewives anyway. Anywho, so we're going to talk first about the first friendship no-no, which we said is the shaming. Well, we haven't said that yet. We're going to say it now. Number one, shaming. You have to watch how you shame your friends. Seriously. I don't know that Giselle and Robin sitting together and deciding that someone's plastic surgery on her body is any of their business is acceptable. If someone wants to get plastic surgery, I don't think that the person needs to explain to you why, but there was a party held to explain that plastic surgery. So it almost cancels out Giselle and Robin's nosiness. Had there not been that party to say, oh yeah, meet my boobs, happy and Ness, maybe Giselle and Robin would not have taken the lead from that storyline and asked more questions about, well, what exactly is going on? Can you really blame Giselle and Robin for asking somebody why the person looks different and why the person is holding a plastic surgery party if the person puts it out there? I don't know. I think a lot of people just love to hate Giselle and Robin. But when you actually think about it objectively, 
these two women got together and asked their friend why she had plastic surgery on her boobs and had a plastic surgery party to announce that she had done said boobs. Is there anything really wrong with that if this person had put her boobs out there? If she hadn't put her boobs out there in her boob job, which I think is fabulous and great and all that, would there be a storyline? That's something we actually have to ask ourselves. Would there be actually anything to talk about besides that party, which really was held up by Karen and her antics? But we will get into that. We're talking right now about the friendship no-nos. Is it a no-no to then go ahead and say, well, why do you, why are you this? Why are you that? Why is your body like this? Why are you dressed like that? It's the dressing part, I think, that was a bit of a crossing of the line. Any other question they asked, I didn't think was a crossing of the line. I'm sorry. Like you put it out there. And so we're asking follow-up questions. If you put your boob in my face and have me eat titty cakes, I'm going to have some questions for you that follow up as to why you're feeding me titty cakes and why you got your titties done. And can we stop using the whole excuse of, oh, I'm a mom. I'm a mom. So I got my titties done because I'm a mom. Like, okay. (laughs) People, you know, unless you are a very excellent mother, which I'm sure a lot, a lot of women are, you're not particularly special because you had sex and popped out babies. Can I just put that out there? Can you stop overcrowning yourself with this whole title of motherhood and using it as an excuse for why you're doing what you're doing? If you want to get a boob job, get a boob job. Anybody can get a boob job, whether you've had breast cancer, not had breast cancer, had children, not had children, had gone through any of these experiences, please go ahead and do it and feel free with yourself. Feel empowered with yourself. You don't need to explain and over-explain yourself to anybody. And at that point at which a friendship boundary was crossed in terms of shaming you as to how you're dressing, perhaps you should just say to Robin and Giselle, honey, do you need to borrow my clothes? Robin and Giselle, why are you up my thong? What do you need from me? Do you need me to join your harem? Because I know you two must be screwing each other. What the heck is going on, Robin and Giselle? Leave me alone. That's all you had to say, honey. That is really all you had to say. That's what I would have said, Robin and Giselle. And I notice that when uh, Nicki Minaj comes on, she's going to ask Robin and Giselle if they're lovers, which is actually my line, because that's what I had to ask. I was like, well, what's going on here? I mean, why are you two always together and always in people's bum-bums? Why? Why? Why are you asking about my coochie? None of your business. Anywho, so the whole shaming thing was a bit much on the part of Robin and Giselle, but I do stand by the idea that, well, if I meet somebody one year and she tells me about her love for pasta and how she's like drunk on pasta and all she eats every day is pasta, and then the next year she tells me, oh God, who eats pasta? It's the worst thing in the world. I'm going to wonder like, well, why this 180 change? When I met you, you loved pasta. You talked about it 24-7. Now I'm seeing you in a different year, just a few months later, and we're shooting, and you're telling me pasta is the worst thing in the world. What's going on? Is it because your husband doesn't like pasta anymore? Is it because your husband follows people who are anti-carbs? Like, what's going on? It's really the same analogy. It's like you meet this character who's a professor one day, and the next day she's getting boob jobs, and she's doing candles, and I suppose we just kind of want to figure out who she is, what's 
her personality? What's she doing? What's her character? What's her storyline? And I do think that Giselle oftentimes feels like she is the lead of the show. Giselle and Karen, truthfully speaking, are the leads of the show and they have to make the show interesting. So sometimes even though people don't like Giselle's carrying of bones and picking on people and never sharing her own information, I do feel that she she does play a de facto unspoken leadership role on the show in making sure that people deliver in terms of storyline. So if she if that means that she has to sort of, you know, poke a bit about why people are getting boob jobs, she will find herself in that position. So it is a cross section between her job role as the lead story churner of The Real House of Housewives of Potomac, and then just being a friend to the girls, which sometimes they feel, you know, is a little rocky. They, they don't feel all the time that Giselle honors their friendship. And so that's why we're talking this week about these friendships, love lessons, how to keep real friends. Are we keeping real friends? What are true friends? Uh, moving right along, another friendship no-no, speaking of keeping true friends, is throwing things back into people's faces without a clue in the world that that's what you were thinking. So for example, throwing in Robin's face that she doesn't have a real relationship to even speak of, I think is a low blow. It's uncalled for. And I don't know if I were friends with such a person who threw that in my face. I don't know if we would ever be able to resolve that friendship. In fact, I'm pretty sure that we wouldn't be because here's the thing, unless you are a super fan, right? Who watched from you know season to season and watched my undulations with my man, there's no reason actually for you to tell me that I don't have a real relationship, is there? So you're coming to me as a super fan when you tell me this, you're not coming to me as someone who's genuinely my friend, because if you're genuinely my, genuinely my friend, you would be celebrating the fact that actually I'm remarrying one, right? Which is actually what happened. Everyone was celebrating when Robin was reproposed to by Juan in the season before. Now we will get to, geez, why is there a delay in the wedding? That's none of our business. We can talk about that in a second. But just in terms of the rules of friendship, friendship no-no number two is throwing things back in people's faces. I don't think that Robin deserved that. I don't think that by Robin and Giselle asking a simple question about why someone has changed her physical appearance in such a monumental way and is acting differently from the, how they acted, how this person acted when they first met this person. I just don't think that that warranted all of that. Oh, well, you know, you don't even have a real relationship to speak about. And you, your husband cheated on you. You can't even keep a man. Like, excuse me. First of all, pause, pause. Everybody pause. Let's stop. A man is not a prize. He's not someone whom you can keep, whom you can expect to keep. He's not a jewel. He's not a gem. He's not something you win. He's not something that completes you. Okay. As a woman, if you have a man and the man cheats on you or does whatever he wants to do and, you know, has proclivities, because we all know Jamal Bryant has proclivities. Okay. He is the man of the Lord with proclivities. Okay. We know that. Okay. But if somebody who is claiming to, your, to be your friend throws that back at you, because what? Because what? They saw something on the blogs and they're bringing it up for discussion. So then you're attacking the fact that a man mistreated her. I don't know or care what you feel about Giselle, guys. You can like her, you can hate her. I don't think that's the point. We're talking about a friendship base here. If we are friends, 
I think that it is uncalled for for you to use the fact that a man has abusively cheated on me or done whatever he's done against me just because I'm asking you a question. I think that's a bit much. I'm sorry. You guys can disagree with me on that. You can say what you think, anchor.fm slash the hot nerd. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, it's warranted. It's warranted because they don't like Robin and Giselle for whatever reason. They want to pick at the green-eyed bandits because they're controversial or they're just easy to talk about, easy to pick on, feel like they're bullies, feel like they just go about being miserable. But whatever you want to say about those two girls, first of all, I disagree. I love all of these girls. Let's be clear. I love the entire cast of Potomac. I think they're the best franchise, period. Okay? So let's just premise that with that. But I will say that attacking them, using that, throwing them, throwing their issues back in their face. Single shaming is no better than body shaming. So there you have it. We have friendship. No, no. Number one was the, what was it? It was the body shaming. It was the body shaming. Okay, fine. Number two, friendship. No, no. Number two is throwing things back in people's faces. And here it includes the single shaming. I didn't love that. I could do without it. Now let's go to my girl, Candace, friendship no-no number three. It's possibly crossing the line on social media. I found it so funny. Did you guys catch <laughs> when Candace finally met up with E1? I love Candace, by the way. I love all of them. You're not going to change that. Don't even give me any negativity. When Candace fa- finally met up with E1 to present her music and sign the deal, the distribution deal, she said, she said, uh, you know, social media is my strong point. <laughs> she said, that's where I really shine. And as much as I loved Candace, I said, no, 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 baby, that's, that's really not where you shine. I think friendship no, no, number three is publicly texting things that you cannot take back that are going to be in the, in the history archives for a time to come. I think the bed wench roach thing was a bit much. I do think that Nini does that as well. And she crosses the line so much. I mean, when, when Nini talked about the, the, the Uber incident, you know, well, she wasn't talking about it. She, well, she didn't say it to a friend, right? She said it to someone in the audience. I'm not going to repeat it, but she said something really vile. Nini leaks. She said something really vile in the Uber. And I think that friendship, no, no, number three is taking shit too far with the insults. Let's kind of reel that in. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, yeah, well, and that brings us to the Candace Mia case when she kept talking about your mama. Look, I'm not going to be too hard on Candace, and I'll tell you why. Number one, Candace is no more vile or rude or mouthy than anybody else in the franchise. I think that Candace is actually very classy. I think she's educated. I think she's pretty. I think she's wonderful. I think she's all of those things. And I don't think that she had any idea about Mia's mom when she said your mama. And I don't understand why it was so hard for people to grasp that. Why was everybody acting like they'd never heard of your mama before? You don't know about the dozens. You've never heard about the dozens. That's what it is when you say your mama. Even MTV had a show called Your Mama. I saw somebody tweet that and I said, you know what, you're right. MTV had something called Your Mama. Your mama jokes are literally, as Candace said, they're really quite light. 
if I'm going about something to do with my career and you tell me it's bootleg, it's broke down, is busted up, is, uh, you know, all those things that Mia said, please do not expect that I will go that light on you. I will probably say something worse than your mama. Let's keep that clear. It just is by coincidence that Candace said your mama. Now, where Candace becomes stubborn is she then figures out the whole your mama thing and what everybody's talking about. She apologizes for it. They call a truce. And then we see in the, obviously in the reunion trailers, Mia picks at her again and says, you're a hood rat. And Candace says, oh, I'm a hood rat. Okay. So we're breaking off our truce. I'm going to say your mama. Guys, <laughs> do you see, do you see how this taking stuff too far keeps happening in friendships? Mia did not have to call her a hood rat. They had supposedly squashed the beef and said that they would refrain from calling each other names. So why did Mia have to provoke Candace in that way? Obviously, if you call her a hood rat and she's anything but, she's going to go low again and she's going to say your mama. I think that there's a little bit too much of the boundary crossing um, when it comes to them speaking to each other. It can get quite toxic, but let's not pretend as if, you know, this is not what happens in friendships. Is it a no-no? Yes, it's a no-no. I know that sounded confusing because I said, yes, it's a no-no, but it's a no-no. Let's not cross those boundaries, but also let's not pretend. Okay. Let's not pretend. Another, you know, one of the biggest no-nos, I'm going to move to the fourth no-no, is justifying physical abuse because of someone's mouth. And I'm going to really address Andy and I'm going to address anybody who feels this way because I was actually quite shocked that Andy said this to Candace along with everybody else who claimed to be her friend. Andy said, well, how's your mouth working out for you? I mean, you were almost dragged like last season. And I thought that was so inappropriate. Can we please fucking stop that? Can we never tell anybody that because of her mouth, she deserves to get pummeled? She deserves to get beaten by anybody. What in the heck, what in the lowbrow heck are we doing? First of all, there are domestic abuse survivors who have been beaten up by their husbands and so on and so forth because their husbands have felt that their mouth was out of control. Can we be sensitive to those domestic abuse survivors? Can we never say anything so stupid? And can we never, ever, ever perpetuate that kind of thinking in the civilized world, because guess what? Guess what? You are not entitled to put your hands on anybody because of the person's mouth. Let's just get that as the bottom line, baseline clear. No, you cannot go and punch somebody out because they said something. You can walk away. You can say something back. You can put the person in their place. You can report it. There are lots of things you can do to somebody when they've said something inappropriate to you, but you cannot justify getting punched or justify somebody else getting punched in the face because of her mouth. That is bullshit. And I was really, really upset, disappointed, and shocked, quite frankly, to see all of them gang up against Candace and talk about her quote-unquote mouth. And I do agree that, yes, Candace is the wittiest. She is quite witty. Um, you know, in terms of her delivery, she's very articulate. She enunciates, <laughs> okay? She tells you like it is. She's quite educated. Not everybody has what Candace has. Let's be honest. I'm not saying that Candace can't reel it in. I'm not saying that she's always in the right, but I'm saying, I don't understand why everybody's acting like they don't know what the dozens are anymore. You've never heard of your mama anymore. You're, you're acting as if Candace is like the most heinous thing on the Real Housewives. Stop it. Let's be fair. 
let's call a spade a spade. When something is wrong, let's say it's wrong. When it's right, let's say it's right. Now I will say Candace writing all that stuff on Twitter is a friendship. No, no. Number five, please, please do not write on Twitter or any place public things that you know that you cannot take back. Because once she tweeted those things, Ashley, some of which I will not repeat, but the bed wench thing, the roach thing, the other things that she said about Ashley, obviously they were not acceptable. I cannot back up on those ones. I do think that there is a line that you draw. I do think it's fun to read people. I do think that shade is fun. I do think reads are fun. I think that Candace can very well read anybody left, right, and center, and she should continue to do that because she's great at it. And that's what Real Housewives is all about. But I do think that there are some boundaries. And no, you do not get on Twitter and tweet anything about your castmate to the world that you know that you cannot take back. So friendly nudge over there even though I still love Candace, I love my girls. I love all my Potomac girls. There's not a single Potomac girl that I would say that I do not like in general, the core group anyway. Um, and, 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 and that's about it. It's just like, okay, well don't body shame. Don't single shame. Don't advocate for anybody to be beaten just because of their mouth. Be sensitive to domestic abuse survivors. Don't tweet anything you can't take back. And what else have I missed? If I've missed anything, go on anchor.fm slash the hot nerd, press the message button, leave me a voice message. I want to hear from you. And please, please, please follow Instagram because I'm starting a whole new Instagram just for these love lessons. Go to at the hot nerd love and say hi, watch any of the reels, you know, drop me a line, do whatever you got to do. It's been really, really nice talking with you guys. And I really hope that you will catch me on the next love lessons because we're going to cover all the love lessons we can from the Real Housewives. I just had to get this one off my chest. And yeah, I look forward to watching all four episodes of the reunion. I think it's warranted. I mean, if Beverly Hills is going to have four episodes, then I suppose Potomac should have four episodes. And by the way, I am going to cover some stuff from the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I am going to cover... Atlanta, if you really want me to, I think we should chat about that. Again, I think Atlanta season 13 was a bit of a disaster. I'm not really a fan. Uh, I never thought Real Housewives of Atlanta would fall. I always thought it would be like the queen of the franchises, but I guess everybody has their day. You know, I guess things must come to, what is it, a hill or a valley? It's a valley. It's not a peak. Let's see how season 14 goes. I mean, with Portia not there, Nini not there, Phaedra not there. I know how people feel about Phaedra, but I, don't, I like television, okay? And Phaedra is television. And with her not there, I don't know what we would be watching. Am I going to watch Ken, Kenya and Drew? I don't know. And by the way, let's make that a sixth friendship no-no, speaking of Kenya and Drew and Portia and all that. Because I saw Kenya recently talking to Ellen about... Portia and saying, oh, well, you know, like any little sister, we argue, I'm her big sister. Oh, I'm like, okay. So suddenly Kenya is the big sister of Portia. I'm confused because if you were her friend, season 13, that bolo season, I don't know that you would have dragged out the entire bolo thing for the entire season because low key and quiet as it's kept, it was a bolo thing that was the downfall of that season. That thing was so fucking boring. Nobody gave a damn what Portia did with that stripper and there should have been another storyline. Sometimes I think these producers really need to step in and reel things back. And the things that they think that we're going to find interesting, we end up not. 
Because first of all, it's a violation of friendship. We're going to call that friendship no-no number six is trying to out or shame your friend or your coworker, castmate, whatever they were. And now all of a sudden they're sisters. But that whole investigation that Kenya pulled to see what Portia was doing with Bolo the stripper and whether she slept with him, that's again policing someone's vagina on national television. We don't care. We don't think it's appropriate. We don't think it's right. We think it's a boundary violation. We think it's body shaming again. It's single shaming again. And I don't know why all of these women continue to cross these boundaries, but we shall pray for them. Hopefully not with Pastor Jamal Bryant, no tea and no shade. And I will catch you on the next The Hot Nerd Podcast. This is your girl, China Noel. Feel free to follow me again on Instagram at The Hot Nerd Love. It's been great chatting with you and catch me again next time. It's your girl, China Noel. Thank you for listening to The Hot Nerd Podcast. <laughs>